Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Astrology with Alice. This is the second part of the 2024 forecast. The first part I released last Thursday, and now we have the second part. So this is June until December. Seth is back on again, and we're talking about some really exciting transits that I'm really looking forward to, like Jupiter going into Gemini, and then other transits that maybe trickier, like this first Pisces eclipse and the same sign that Saturn's transiting, as well as the Mars retrograde that's taking place at the end of the year. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get right into it. Okay, we are back with part two of 2024. We are kicking things off. Um, So part two, we're going to go over the transits that are taking place from June until December, the second half of the year. So we really kick things off with Jupiter finally moving out of Taurus and going into Gemini on May 25th, 2024. And it'll stay in Gemini for a year because that's how long Jupiter transits are. So we'll get Jupiter in Gemini May 2024 till June of 2025. I am like, this is the transit I'm looking forward to the most for 2024 because I love Gemini themes in general. They're all about like communication and writing and socializing and sharing of information. And I just feel like Jupiter going into that sign amplifies those things and makes them more prominent. I am so looking forward to this transit. It is absolutely my number one for 2024 too. Gemini is my 10th house of career and you've just gone through this transit through yeah. Jupiter and Taurus. And I feel like this is the time when you're really able to like put your foot on the pedal and get going when it comes to what you really want to achieve and be known for. So I'm already scheming and plotting for all of the exciting things to do while Jupiter is in Gemini and we're all feeling a little bit more like we want to connect with each other and work with each other and learn new things and um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It'll be like having your hand in like a ton of different pots at the same time because Gemini is so, um, not like easily, easily bored by one thing, like needs to have a lot going on at once, like a lot of stimulation. So probably expecting that in general and then applying that to what's the house that Jupiter is shifting into in your individual chart. So seeing how like, okay, there was growth in one part of my life, the first five months of the year, and a noticeable shift in the second part of the year of like how that growth and expansion goes to new new themes in your life. That is a great thing to bring up too, because technically Jupiter is considered to be in its detriment in Gemini. And that's because mm-hmm. Gemini falls opposite of Sagittarius, which is the sign that Jupiter yeah. rules. And one of the reasons why Jupiter doesn't love being here just as a planet is because of what you just described, where Gemini is interested in a lot of different things. It's like there's a puzzle to be solved. And only after assembling all of these different pieces can you see the clear picture. But that means for people individually, it'll be really important not to let opportunities pass you by because of things like paralysis by analysis or not. Mm-hmm. knowing what to commit to. You know, you have to sort of make a choice. Even if you want to commit to multiple things, that's okay. Just make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin so that you can't give your best work to, to each of those things. Yeah, that's a really good point to make. Also, Jupiter going into these early degrees of Gemini right at the 
like start of June, it'll immediately trine Pluto and Aquarius. So at the start of this transit, having that air sign trine, it will just further activate those Pluto and Aquarius themes we talked about in the part one of this episode with like maybe having more technological advances um, or different ways people are communicating and connecting with each other. Yeah, April through July especially are going to be the major months of advancements in all things technology, space and flights, medicine, agriculture. I mean, I feel like we're going to have some really impressive things come to light around like spring, summer of next year. Yeah, because I also am thinking like the South Node in Libra, like that's another big air sign transit too. So it's just like a lot of air sign emphasis. And that's like how the spreading of information and coming up with more like far-fetched ideas or just like having a lot more ideas than you normally would. Yeah, I was actually reading lately about this new AI technology that's going to make it so that you can talk into a mic and it will translate whatever you're saying into any language that somebody's listening to on the other end. So essentially, oh you God. can now communicate at, with this technology. It's not completely fleshed out, but maybe by this transit, it will be. You'd be able to communicate with anybody in the world at any time, no matter their background, culture, or language. That would also be a game changer with podcasts because it's like I could record a weekly forecast, but people in another country could easily understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, I love this. I love air sign coded with Pluto trine Jupiter. I just love the age of air. Like air signs are the best. Okay, what else do we need to say about, oh, Jupiter in Gemini will also be aspecting Saturn in Pisces. So it's making a connection to a lot of other planets during this year-long transit. But it's interesting how like Jupiter moving to Gemini and then aspecting Saturn in Pisces, as I was looking at like overall bigger picture of 2024, it's so interesting and in how such a short period of time we've gone from having all these transits happen in fixed signs with like eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio, Jupiter and Taurus, Saturn and Aquarius, and now everything suddenly shifting to mutable in the second part of 2024 with like the first Pisces eclipse, which we're about to talk about taking place in the fall as well. It's like Pisces, Gemini is so emphasized. How do you feel like that would, I just feel like maybe people being a little bit more open to change or being more flexible in general. Yeah. I mean, with all of these things that are happening, with all these changes and advancements that are coming through, how do we adapt to that? How do we make that a part of our lives? You know, I think of AI in the sense that so many people could lose their jobs as a result of Mm -hmm. the advancements that are coming through in AI. And with this focus on mutability, I think it speaks to how you can adapt to that in your either working world or in your relationships, figuring out a way that you can use this to your benefit or easily pivot so that it can benefit you rather than taking away something is going to be important with all of the mutable emphasis. That's a good point. Like with all of the advancements, like we've been talking about, how are you gonna like adapt a different mindset or have to do things differently in your career or your relationships as a result. Yeah. I honestly think we're going to see a huge wave of entrepreneurialism come through next year because the mixture of that mutable square with Jupiter and Saturn, as well as Pluto going into Aquarius speaks to, I think more people just wanting to 
be able to manage their day-to-day and work for themselves mm-hmm. and get to define their value and their worth. I hope so. Like, it would just be easier if there was more... Like, I, this is like more of a personal life thing, but just like trying to buy a house as someone that works for themselves or trying to get anything like done in a bigger sense like that, it's really hard because the rest of society doesn't really see working for yourself as like as legitimate as working in a corporate environment. Yeah. I mean, also just personally, I want to support other people who are doing their own thing way more than I want to support, you know, these billion dollar corporations. So So true. Yeah. I'm hoping that that sentiment of wanting to support each other and uh, kind of like hype up anybody who wants to start their own thing just kind of gets louder next year. Yeah. And also what's important about this Jupiter-Saturn square in 2024 is that like the last time we had a hard aspect happen between these two planets was in December 2020 when the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius that everyone was like obsessing over took place. Um, so it's it's interesting how there, now there's like visibility more to that cycle. And it's like, how is a further development on maybe themes that were super prominent at the end of 2020, like the COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. that was a big thing going on at that time. Like finally having a vaccine for the virus. Maybe there's another element to that story that's unfolding in 2024 as well. Yeah, the opening square aspect uh, mm-hmm. leads to a dynamic tension as it relates to these two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, that are all about kind of like social themes. Jupiter and planet are related to kind of groups of people that you know socially and have grown up with in school or work with closely as peers, whereas the outer planets have more to do with generations and the inner planets have more to do with you personally. So this tension that you need to work through in 2024 is a theme because of that opening square happening between Gemini and Pisces. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, another mutable transit, like this is this is a major one for the second half of the year. Um, in, at the end of September, September 18th, 2024, there'll be a lunar eclipse in Pisces at 25 degrees of Pisces. So this one will be happening in the same sign as that Saturn transit. So kind of igniting, reigniting that transit of Saturn and getting those themes going a lot more or introducing like change to that house and that area of your life that like, if you're looking at your chart and like, what is the house ruled by Pisces? And now that we're having that first eclipse there joining Saturn, if that's an area of your life that's felt kind of like slow or restricting or kind of heavy over the last year with the Saturn transit, now having that eclipse coming in, will likely serve to like shake things up or get actual concrete change taking place in that part of your life. And that eclipse will also be squaring Jupiter. So it's like Jupiter is very heavily involved with the Pisces too. Yeah. And just like how with the current cycle of Aries eclipses, we're not ever going to get a lunar eclipse. When that lunar eclipse in Pisces happens, we're only going to be getting lunar eclipses in that sign once Mm -hmm. they fully shift in in 2025. So it's kind of the reverse quality of what we're getting right now with Aries, where as a sign, Aries is all about starting and initiating things. And as a sign, Pisces is all about culmination and finishing things. So it is very poetic that this idea of a lunar eclipse or a supercharged full moon in Pisces happening over and over again applies to the sign itself. I have a, a feeling that 
a lot of people are just going to have a lot of shakeups and, and breakthroughs in like the house themes at Pisces Falls for their chart. And yeah. it's just going to be constant lessons learned in that area, more so than, you know, wanting to kind of start something more intentionally in that chart. It's going to be like things <laughs> to you and you have to kind of roll with the punches as they come along. Yeah, especially because it's a lunar eclipse. Like it doesn't have that initiating yourself quality of a solar eclipse. It's more like, okay, change is coming now and this is what's going on. Yeah. I was also going to say, um, this is the first of three Pisces eclipses. Like you mentioned, like there'll be two more lunar eclipses, the fall of 2025 and then the final one in the fall of 2026. I feel like I had something else to say about the eclipse in Pisces, but I'm... I kind of lost... My, oh, I was also going to say the things we were mentioning with the Saturn transit in Pisces about like the arts and innovation with music and creativity, like maybe expecting that to be more visible. Like you're actually seeing how like there might be like a really pivotal movie or like advancement with something in the arts or the creativity that's taking place right around this second half of September timeframe with the Pisces eclipse. I personally... I'm just really hoping, and I know there's people out there that agree with me on this, that Mm -hmm. we finally get a new album from Rihanna because waited so long to give us that. And I know she has strong Pisces placements in her chart that this will hopefully help give us what we've all been waiting for very patiently for eight years. What is her point? What is her birth chart? I'm looking at I'm looking up this now. Is she Aries rising and Pisces Sun? Okay, interesting. Yeah, because it, like having the eclipses shift to 612 could very much be changes with work or putting something new out at work. I hope Yeah, so. that could be good. So that's that first eclipse we'll get in the fall eclipse series. And then the second one will be a solar eclipse in Libra on October 2nd, 2024 at 10 degrees of Libra. And this is the final Libra eclipse. So we've gotten three total by this time. This is that final push in that Libra ruled house of your chart of maybe you want to try out a new experience there or do things differently or further develop the themes associated with that house. Or maybe just seeing how you've come full circle since the second half of 2023 by the time we get to the end of 2024 in that particular area of your life in that house. This is the one that I am just on the edge of my seat for next year. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious how this is going to show up because in my chart, I have my natal North Node and Chiron conjunction, both at 10 degrees of Libra. And Mm -hmm. this solar eclipse is also going to be connected to Mercury in Libra, also at 10 degrees, which is my chart roller. So I am just so curious how this is going to express itself. I was going to say, I feel like because it's in your second house, it's probably something really important to do with starting your own business or developing like something maybe all the like learning you went on that went on with like the Taurus eclipses and the Jupiter and Taurus at the first part of the year, applying that to like developing some sort of business venture that applies all that knowledge. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, especially with what we've been talking about as Pluto Mm -hmm. Aquarius and there's more entrepreneurialism that feels like it's going to be a big push towards that. Yeah, And that eclipse is also going to be ruled by Venus which will be at Scorpio mm-hmm. at that time. So it'll be trying to both Mars and Saturn with this really lovely water sign trine. So it seems to me that this eclipse is going to be 
either about going deeper than we have before and prioritizing our emotional safety and vulnerability, mm-hmm. or if that's not something that you're comfortable with, some more escapism uh, and figuring yeah. out ways to get out of feeling all those feels. Another major aspect taking place at this eclipse is like the nodes, uh, like this eclipse will square Mars, which will be in Cancer at this point. So that makes me a little nervous, like Mars squaring the eclipse axis, like themes of Mars, or like Mars being in Cancer, like a sign it just like does not function well in. Maybe like a lot of like emotional aggression or just getting very emotionally worked up and passionate about things. How else might that manifest? I just like the word like volatile and like mm-hmm. aggression is like Mars coming into aspect with the nodes either through square or conjunction. Yeah. You know, I gave the same advice that um, came up when I was doing a 2023 forecast that I would give for this specific eclipse too, which is the more open your body is physically, the less volatile you're going to feel with all of those emotions. Like doing things mm-hmm. as simple as opening your hips, stretching helps to literally process these emotions more easily and fully. And so they're less likely to explode out of you. And especially Mm -hmm. at that time, but honestly, the entire time that Saturn is in Pisces, this is a, a thing that I would recommend everybody do, you know, sit down and do some yoga, stretch, do Pilates, just move your body and open up so that you don't feel like at that time, you're overwhelmed with everything that's coming up emotionally. I love that you blend astrology with like health practices. That's such a like cool niche you have as an astrologer because I would have never thought to do something like that. I'm just like, oh, this transit's annoying. Like what can you do? Stay tuned for more of it in 2024 because there's going to be a lot. Yes. Okay, let's get on to our final major transit that's taking place this year, which is Mars retrograde is starting in Leo on December 6, 2024. And it doesn't end until end of February, February 24th, 2025. And it'll end in cancer. So people with like early Leo degree placements, because it starts at six degrees of Leo. So zero to six degrees of Leo, if you have planets or angles at that part of your chart or late cancer placements, like in the later degrees of cancer, those types of people will be affected the most by this Mars retrograde, which is both of us, Seth. I know. Um, Let's <laughs> strengthen numbers. I, f- I feel like I'm going to have an identity crisis or something about like, just like a, sh- a shift in like how I think about myself will take place with that one since it's a first house yeah. retrograde for me. And for me, it's on my son. So it's going to be very similar. Oh my God. Yeah. It's opposite my son. That's... Yeah, we're going to have to trade notes when that happens. Um, but the major aspect this retrograde will be making is to Pluto, um, which is kind of concerning. Well, Pluto Pluto will be back in Aquarius at this point. So it'll be a Mars in Leo opposite Pluto in Aquarius. So this is like one of those transits I'm talking about where it's like, if you haven't felt the effects of Pluto being in Aquarius up until now, this one will definitely like get you to understand what that bigger transit will feel like for you. But Mars retrograde in general 
like as we approach the very end of 2024, having that retrograde about to happen, you may just notice a slowing down in energy, or maybe there's an area of your life like checking those houses ruled by Leo and Cancer. Like, are you facing like burnout in those areas or are you unsure of like where to direct your energy and like how to assert yourself there? Those are all themes that Mars retrograde will likely bring up. Yeah. With Mars retrograde and Leo and Cancer, I definitely see it as a process of redefining and also reasserting your ambition, your self-preservation, your human needs. So your sexuality being one of those Mm -hmm. as well. And just how you are taking care of yourself because cancer is ruled by the moon, which is all about the physical body. So that seems like because it's happening at the the holidays, the new year and going into winter, it's going to be about really slowing down and being as intentional as possible with how you're spending your energy so that you're also prioritizing your well-being and your self-care at that time. You made a good point about how this retrograde is taking place across Leo and Cancer, how those are the signs ruled by the sun and the moon. So finding this balance between like solar identity, what you show up in the world as, like how you express yourself, but then also like the lunar side of you, which is what's hidden or like how you process your emotions, like that more intimate side, not many people see. So finding like a balance between those. Yeah. You know, thinking of 2024 as a whole and what we've talked about, there is so much emphasis next year on fire and air signs. So really going into the world, being externally focused for the majority of the year, especially through the summer and the fall. And I think that this Mars retrograde that's going to close this out is going to have us thinking about how we can just better integrate that because it's not sustainable to do that all Mm -hmm. the time. And we will need to find more of a balance between doing all of these really exciting things and being in the world with people as well as being with ourselves and taking care of ourselves so that there is an ability to sustain that momentum moving into 2025, which is going to be also even more crazy, but we won't get into that quite yeah. <laughs> Literally 2025. Yeah. I love that point you make about like the, like the air sign, the focus on like all these interactions with other people and then bringing it home to yourself at the very end of the year, like headed into that time of year, honestly, when you're already kind of thinking about what are my goals? What are my intentions moving into the new year? Maybe like doubly so at the very end of 2024. Yeah. I was, if, you, if you can, that's a great year to spend the holidays with either your family, if that's comfortable, or if it's a chosen family, just being around people that you feel really safe and nurtured by is going to be really helpful. One last thing I wanted to say about the Mars retrograde starting in Leo is it's interesting how like we had the Venus retrograde in Leo. That was a super prominent transit of 2023. And then there'll be a Mercury retrograde in Leo in during Leo season of 2024. So it's like these repeatedly like retrogrades happening in Leo and like what, just looking to your own chart, if you're listening to this, what is that house ruled by Leo and how are you repeatedly like having to like rethink that area of your life or kind of like change your approach there? Yeah. My heart goes out to all of your Leos that are listening. I know. <laughs> Oh. We're gonna yeah, do it and maybe it's gonna be good. Maybe 
I was also going to say maybe like seeing um, themes come up again around like the entertainment industry because that was so big with the Venus retrograde in Leo. Maybe something involving like the creative and entertainment fields and needing to rework something in that in that part of like society. Yeah, and I mean Pluto will be in the Aquarius opposite that the entire time mm-hmm. as well. So there will be this necessity to balance the themes of Leo and Aquarius, which are all about the self and the the other, which are yeah. about like your ego with Leo, like who you are, how you show up, have fun and do things. And then Aquarius, which is all about kind of taking a backseat to that and letting the the group voice come through the loudest. Like I think of the Venus retrograde in Leo with the sag strike and actors mm-hmm. needing to literally be quiet for a period of many months so that the community of that union could speak louder. And I have a feeling oh it's going to come up a lot next year too with these different Leo activations. That is so true. That's such a good point to end on. Yeah, so that Mars retrograde is like, that wraps up the year and will carry into the start of 2025. So hopefully when we're doing this a year from now, we'll be starting with this transit again. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Seth. Where can everyone find you? Also, if you want to like, are you doing readings right now? Like what are you offering? Yeah. So I currently am offering readings. My books are open through early February. So you can check out my website, thestargazer.com if you're interested in booking time for me uh, with me. I weave in wellness practices into my readings to better support the integration of what we're talking about. So I offer birth chart readings, transit readings, and a bunch of others. You can also follow me on social media, on Instagram. My handle is at the stargazer with G-A-Y-Z-E-R because <laughs> are inclusive. Yeah. And Seth and I use the same graphic designer. So his like infographics about astrology transits on Instagram are so colorful and pretty and I love them. Yeah. Shout out to Daniela at Lunaria Design for being the absolute most badass designer out there. Yeah, we love her. That was it for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening and I hope you have a good like lead into 2024 and this gives you something to think about. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.